and we are recording, recording in progress with Mr. Bob Bork on Thursday, March 23, 2023 at 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time. And guys, if you want to support the podcast, click on the little red button on Rumble. It takes you to locals. You can get exclusive stuff and support the podcast for like a buck a month. I don't know. It's great. Um, Mr. Bork, please introduce yourself, sir. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Robert Bork Jr. Uh, and for the purposes of uh, this interview, I am the I am the son of the former uh, judge Robert Bork, former nominee to the Supreme Court, former acting Attorney General, former Solicitor General, and former Yale Law Professor. Um, but I uh, never went to law school, uh, though I thought about it several times. And um, I was a, uh, a newspaper reporter and magazine reporter for years after I got out of college. Uh, went to a very liberal college, uh, which made me insane. But uh, I don't mean that I'm still insane. I was It, it was very frustrating at the time. And um, uh, so I was a newspaper reporter, which was what my father wanted to do. But he didn't go to journalism school. Uh, he, or he, he thought he might want to, but he ended up going to law school. And uh, anyway, so I, I was a reporter. And then uh, 1987, when he was nominated to the Supreme Court um, and then ultimately defeated by Joe Biden and Ted Kennedy and others, uh, that was it for me. I won no, no part of my chosen profession anymore. So I quit and became, got into the game, got off the bench and into the game. And I became an advocate, uh, sort of public affairs consultant, speech writer, and uh, ultimately uh, started my own company doing uh, advising corporations and, and uh, their counsel on legal issues, legal PR issues, how to communicate about these uh, messes that they get themselves into. Uh, and ultimately now, that was a long way to go for this, but ultimately now I... Uh, run a little uh, group called the Antitrust Education Project. It's one of my uh, side hustles, as I guess you guys call it, in your generation. And, um, uh, and that group exists to protect uh, the consumer welfare standard, which is the operating system of antitrust enforcement that's been in place since 1979 for, I guess, 43 years or so. And uh, that was the uh, creation of, uh, of my father, Judge Bork, who wrote a book, which you can see over my left shoulder, I guess, that way, Yeah. Um, called The Antitrust Paradox, uh, which took on the orthodoxy of antitrust law that had been in place for uh, almost 100 years, 90 years. And uh, it said, you know, it, it's not about protecting competitors. It's not about protecting inefficient competitors from more efficient competitors. Antitrust law is about protecting the consumer, the consumer welfare. And this book uh, changed the way the Supreme Court and other courts saw antitrust law. And really within a year of its publication in 1978, in 1979, a case called Ryder v. Sonitone, the Supreme Court said, uh, you know, you adopted his thinking from this book and it became, you know, imposed by the Supreme Court, the law of the land. 
and it has been in place ever since, I think leading to more innovation, more job creation, more growth, more wealth creation than in any period in the history of this country. Um, not just the consumer welfare state, or not just this antitrust regime, but you know everything else that was going on in terms of uh, Reagan cutting taxes and uh, deregulating and all that sort of stuff really, really lit a fire under the economy and led to uh, just enormous progress, small p progress, not capital p progress. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, not, um, not neon hair twerking yes. in front of kids progress. Yeah, I don't, we don't, we don't claim credit for that. Yeah. No, but no. Um, so I've been out there defending this view of the law that what, what is now essentially the law uh, from uh, the progressive left for the last two years. And uh, the progressive left has wanted to tear down the consumer welfare standard and and, and uh, put in its place a uh, much more populist, woke view of antitrust law, uh, which put places things other than economic efficiency and the welfare of the consumer, things like equity and social justice and stuff as important factors in making antitrust determinations. Um, Sorry, the phone rang. Um, good. Um, so, and it's, it's wrong to do that. I also have been arguing with conservative Republicans who think that antitrust law ought to be applied against big tech companies because they're ticked off as well they should be about, uh, uh, you know, the conservative censorship, censorship of conservatives. And uh, I argue that there's a, there are other ways to deal with that than breaking up companies, applying antitrust law for purposes for which it was never intended. Even, yeah. you know, even by, my father would say it was never intended for that purpose can, at all. Can so, we can we kind of go into that a little more? Absolutely. Um, as someone that was permanently banned from YouTube uh, in <laughs> August 2021 for interviewing Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough. I, uh, I, you know, have a burning, searing hatred for them, but. And I still say it, and I guess it's one one thing I am proud of is even when getting kicked off by them, I still hold that that's a private company, and because I have to practice what I preach, I don't have to have anyone on the show that I don't want to have on, and mm -hmm. if God willing, my show ever gets to be massive, uh, I know that I would uh, I would rather burn the studio down than have a group of people say we should dictate who's on Tommy's show. So I have to stay true to myself and say they're a private company. They're a bunch of, you know, evil commies, but they are a private company. That being said, just out of intellectual curiosity, why isn't antitrust laws why aren't they being imposed on big tech? And it's I guess it's for what you said because it would be well, for reasons in for what which, purpose no 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 that, it's for the, it's, it's for what purpose is yeah. it not being is it consumer or is it censorship i think that you you certainly could bring cases against big tech companies if you can show that they are abusing their market dominance that's what it's all about uh if they are in fact uh harming consumers uh with their monopoly power and uh but Act, but act, but saying uh, that, uh, that that if, if there's another recourse which is not antitrust, uh, Section 230, revising Section 230, writing new laws uh, about free speech uh, that apply to these tech platforms, uh, that's the way to go. 
Uh, but I would certainly support a uh, antitrust case against uh, any uh, company that is in clear violation of the consumer welfare standard. Now, let me just point out to you and and, and uh, your listeners, your viewers, that being a monopoly is not illegal. It is not against the law to be a monopoly. Okay. It's how you got it and what you do with it that crosses the line. Okay. So if you if you if you were you know cornered the market in something um by uh you know unfair practices by buying up all the market share uh that's okay or not the unfair practices part but you know uh but 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 if you were like google the owner of your hated youtube um and you um you made a better mousetrap uh better algorithm and you developed this whole thing and you grew to the size that they are based on that and other things uh that's nothing there's nothing illegal about that no. and again it's again it's what you do with it so if you then use your position your market power uh in and you and you have to define what the market is it can't just be well we're just big and so it's everything we do is the market that's not true it's it's you know is it in healthcare because they're trying to get uh because Amazon's trying to get into healthcare is it in groceries is it in you know whatever it is uh that's how they that's how they they can defend themselves in court saying you haven't defined where our monopoly is you just hate us because we're big yeah you know uh so I would say bring a case and try it out you know and in fact you know the FTC and the DOJ are bringing cases against those companies and they are losing <laughs> they're losing yeah I mean FTC brought a case against uh uh Meta you know formerly Facebook um uh, and soon to be something else again I'm sure but um because they get they're giving up on the metaverse now in you, case they are they... yeah they, now, now they're going now they think AI is the future ha, so have they have they acknowledged that they're that they're dropping yeah meta? he it, and they acknowledge what is that like is that is that a so is, zuckerberg is, has said that the you know this meta thing may not be what everything i thought it was going to be yeah of course um, of course it wasn't it was yeah. it was kind of like they set it up and they did that weird meeting where zuckerberg or like a commercial where zuckerberg's in the meta thing and then like two days later it was like sexual assaults in the metaverse are up nine thousand percent or something it was just like i i yeah i'm not sure about that but well in fact uh, I think uh, Meta is it Meta that's being sued now uh, for human trafficking. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, private lawsuit. That's that's always that's yeah. always good. Well, is it that 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 the, that the Facebook platform is being used for human trafficking? So yeah, you know, you know again, uh, so is the so is the telephone. Yeah, uh, that it's you know, I'm I'm sure UPS is to a. To a degree, you know, I'm sure Boeing is. And they not that, that not that it isn't serious, but I, I don't. Sure. I just, I, I just don't know that you, you can blame them for that. If they are, I mean, I know they, these all these companies try to take precautions against you know terrorist videos and things like that, and they don't always succeed, but uh, uh, but they do clear out a lot of that junk. Anyway, getting back to uh, so this case I was about to mention uh meta that the ftc lost uh meta uh wanted to buy a vr headset company oculus 
Uh, no, not Oculus. They have Oculus. Yeah. I believe. Uh, oh, they the bought, a new one. They, they, wanted... They, bought, they wanted to buy something called Within, which is a uh, exercise uh, VR company. Make has exercise programming and you know that kind of stuff. And um, and for the whopping sum of four hundred and forty million, which is like you know peanuts. Yeah, nothing peanuts. Uh, and the FTC uh, immediately jumped up and down and said and sued them. Uh, over this, saying that although there is no definable, you know, you have, you have no, you, uh, Meta have no position in this market, no market share in this market, uh, and there is no, it's not a big market, and this and this purchase would not immediately give you, you know, a controlling market share or market dominance. You might sometime down the road in the future have market dominance. So we're going to sue to block you now. And to this, I mean, this reminded me of the uh, that Tom Cruise movie, Minority Report. Where, you know, the pre-crime, pre-crime. Pre-crime. That's right. So we know we think you we 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 think you're about you're going to commit a crime. Not sure exactly when. Sometime down the road, uh, you will be uh, you know a monopoly in this in this area. So we're going to sue you now to stop you from doing it. Uh, they lost that case. Yeah, as well as they should. That uh, sounds awful. I think so, yeah. So. This is what's going on now at our FTC and our Department of Justice. Um, well, not mine exactly, uh, Joe Biden's. Uh, and uh, where uh, in that the FTC, uh, uh, the chair of the FTC, Lena Khan, uh, you know, a young woman, basically a lawyer who would be a fifth year associate at some law firm is the chair of this thing. And she has come in and run roughshod over the staff and and uh and put forward uh crazy theories like that but it's all about um being a progressive leftist and trying to you trying to use antitrust for uh sort of social um change and for uh in a fight against big business um against bigness in general and it's really bringing back Actually, I'm not sure. Well, it's really it, it's been described as bringing back the views of former Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis from the uh, you know 40s and 50s, where he uh, uh, just big is bad. That was his view, and so they would they would he would write opinions in cases to protect small inefficient companies from bigger ones, um, protecting competitors instead of consumers. And that was the way the world worked. So these, these these new folks from this administration are called call themselves neo Brandesians. Uh, others call them hipsters. Um, and you know they're just putting forward all these ideas, these crazy ideas, throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something sticks. And they have a very you know, not to mix my metaphors, but the, they have a very low batting average yeah. with with all the spaghetti. With toss. all the spaghetti. That's right. Um, in fact, almost zero. So, but that's, I think, not what they're really, uh, they don't worry about. I think they do a little bit, but they don't, don't, their winning cases is almost, almost to them less important than, you know, I guess what they call disruption. Uh, You know, if we, if we uh, disrupt the system enough, change will happen. Uh, Fortunately for the rest of us, the, the courts in this country, which the Biden administration 
is trying to change, but has not been able to get enough judges yet to do so, and certainly not on the Supreme Court, still applies the consumer welfare standard. And so it's throwing a lot of this stuff out based on these stupid uh, cases that they're bringing and the theories that they're putting forward. Um, and the DOJ, the antitrust division of the DOJ, as a, a little more serious and, and experienced person running it now, a guy named Jonathan Cantor, uh, who um, uh, still is having trouble bringing cases. He just he brought a, a case, a criminal case against some uh, healthcare executives, and the jury acquitted them in a couple of hours uh, yesterday. And he's brought other cases that uh, that the juries um, have uh, or judges have thrown out. He's just not having a real good time doing this, uh, which is a good thing. But again, this disruption is, is harmful to a system which has been so good and, and, and working for so many years uh, that, uh, you know, sooner or later they're going to win something. And that's what and that's why they're swinging for the fences now, having brought cases against Google and they're going to bring a case against Amazon that's been reported now for months that it's coming. And we will see. It'll be about it might, might be about market share uh, and and, and uh, abuse of their dominant position in certain markets, uh, particularly in advertising, ad tech stuff. And um, it will uh, likely also be about uh, uh, there are private claims of uh, by vendors uh, or sellers on Amazon that somehow they're being. Uh, mistreated and they're being forced uh, well california's got a case against amazon for um uh forcing <laughs> i love this forcing companies who sell on amazon to sell for lower prices yeah okay i, I don't get it either but uh so but you know so anyway i started this effort this this uh anti this antitrust education project uh, a couple of years ago, when I saw this coming, when I saw uh, this Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, start having meetings and talking to people like Lena Khan and Tim Wu, who's a professor at Columbia University and others about how we can use the antitrust laws to force all this economic and social change. And uh, first thing I did was to figure out what I wondered where my father's book was, and I found out it was out of print. So I got the rights back to it and I formed a publishing company and I republished it. Uh, the one over my shoulder is the new edition with a forward by introduction by Mike, Senator Mike Lee and a forward by me. And um, and then I started this thing because I wanted to get off the bench and into the game, as I said before, uh, and and fight back. And really, I'm, I'm, I'm this is a legacy thing for me. I'm trying to protect my father's work and his legacy in this area uh and fight back against some of these crazy left-wing ideas uh so i think i answered your question in the most roundabout and uh long-winded way possible but there um, you go no man there's there's no such thing um do any trust laws ever apply to like defense contractors or do they just uh, kind of get to run the gamut i guess they would they apply to everybody they apply you know they applied to steel and they put in the past steel and oil and you know you know and, and you know where antitrust comes from it be, the name antitrust is all is really should be these days competition law because it really uh antitrust laws were written the first was the sherman act written in 18 
90 was it i forget the exact year but before the uh, before the uh, end of the uh, 19th century um and it was uh against all these uh, back then companies used to organize into trusts and so you had the standard oil trust and you had you know these other other tr railroad trusts and so that's why they were antitrust laws trying to break those up um now it's just you know amazon is big and Google is huge and, uh, you know, trillions of dollars in market cap. So, um, but again, it's not big, big isn't bad. Bad is abusing your bigness, your size, uh, to the detriment of the consumer against the welfare of the consumer. So, and, and, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing this for. What would happen if they all just like joined forces? What would happen if like Apple and Amazon and uh, Google just decided? well, they all hate each other. I know, but I'm just I'm just theoretically. <laughs> what, what if they all just merged and we're just like let's just run? You ever see that movie Rollerball, the original one? No, uh, with uh, James Caan. No, it takes place in a world where the world the, the, there are no governments anymore. The world is run by corporations and. Yeah. So you have the defense corporations and then the agricultural corporations, you know, that sort of thing. Fantasy, like, but uh, what a fun movie. There was, uh, there was a cool paper that came out forever ago. I don't even remember. I think I was in college. I might have been in high school. I don't know, I think maybe like 2011. And uh, sorry, somebody, oh, no, you're good. Somebody like they used some, I think it was on Forbes. They mapped, uh, they mapped like, the 1100 wealthy no i think it was 1347 i think that was the number the 1347 wealthiest corporations weird number i don't know why and it was like they controlled something like 90 percent of all of all like commerce and trade in the world and then they did a deeper dive and inside that 1347 i think there was something like i want to say it was like a hundred corporations controlled 90% of that and then inside of that it was like 11 banks controlled 99% of that so it came to this and they mapped it out and it comes down to this nucleus of just unimaginable power and I always think like how, how do we not know that those are just all linked together because that that's like an actual graphical analysis of of wealth it's not just like the assumption that there's a bunch of guys in cloaks, you know, running the world doing some Illuminati shit, but like that's an actual <laughs> that's an actual visualization and like how would we know? And especially if it's something like defense contractors where you can just say it's classified, you know, just hey, screw you, you can't look at this, it's classified. Like I think they tried to break up AT&T in the 70s and the DOD came in and were like, "Yeah, you can't do that." And they were like, "Why not?" But they did. But they did. Oh. Well, at first, I know the DOD came in and they were like, you can't do this. And they were like, why not? And they're like, that's classified. And we later found out it's because AT&T was doing all of the uh, all the, the, the lines for the nuclear bunkers. They, I think they were called long lines. They had these... Uh, they had these... Well, long lines was long distance telephone back... I remember it, back when there were telephones. You no, know, it, so. it, was, it was something else. <laughs> it was... Um, they had these lines that were specifically routed like hundreds of miles away from any city because that's where the thermonuclear bursts would be. And so there are these long circuitous routes, but they were, they linked nuclear bunkers together. Yeah. Um, but something like that, 
Like, how would we not know? If there's 10 corporations at that core of the core of the core of that nucleus, how would we theoretically know that they're not just running the world? I mean, is that just a, is that like a chicken? Are you unhappy with, generally speaking, how the world is running? I mean, no. I mean, listen, the whole place is a, I don't know. It's, it's It's a dump, but it's also beautiful. I don't know. You know, it's... Art's beautiful. You look at like statues and that's great. And then you see like, you know, and then there's like a genocide and that's not great. And so some days it's, you know, well, I'm not it. arguing with you. that yeah. they're, No, no, know, I'm just, but I, I think there's a certain level of paranoia, not necessarily you, but uh, yeah. in, the, in, in, the, in the view that uh, all these companies are out there and they're big and they're therefore if they're big and they're and they're a handful of them or more and they're evil. Yeah. Then they're evil. I do think though that economies just <laughs> you know what the big the big evil is is not the big 10 corporations or the 1347 companies yeah guess what i what i'm going to say it's the government there you go yeah i mean all all the you know yes corporations can in fact and do bad things sure but the government is the you know the buck stops there to yeah. quote uh, yeah. Harry Truman or yeah, or, yeah. you know I mean it, it and we have this inflation now not because of companies but because of the federal government yeah you know we have uh, we have uh, you know uh, defense contractors charging you know a thousand dollars a toilet seat or whatever it was back then that was the famous example back about twenty years ago. Do you think that's, do you think that, sorry to interrupt, do you think that's, I I don't think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's misdirection. I think that's a laser pointer for the cat. I think that no one was, no one was charging a thousand dollars for a toilet, or they were, but the reality is, is that they bought the $2 toilet seat and $998 went to some stealth bomber program. That's what I think. That's a good explanation as any, I don't know, but but it's perfect. The thing is, the point is the government is the government tells them what they're going to pay. Of course. No. And then, 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 of course, they don't have to tell anybody because they keep it all secret. Yeah. It's classified. Um, Yeah. Area 51. Yeah. Shut up. It's just whatever. Yeah. So (laughs) I guess my point is, though, is that I, I think that we have a largely, not entirely well working good working economic system sure that most of the time functions pretty well but when it doesn't when it goes off the rails is is because government got in and screwed things up and yeah. uh you know the AT&T was a monopoly and it got broken up who who did AT&T create the monopoly no the government created that monopoly that was a government sanctioned monopoly and oh. when it got broken up into the Ma Bell companies, and then which are, of course, now uh, the Verizon and others, um, uh, you know, it got broken up. It caused an explosion of innovation. You know, cell phones grew out of that. Um, it was hard to believe, but all you know, all that stuff, all breaking up a government sanctioned monopoly made the economy and the country better and the world better. So, and led to lots of innovation and job creation. Tinfoil hat time. If I'm the government, <laughs> if I'm the government, yeah, I'm absolutely gonna have sanctioned monopolies. I'm gonna let these things grow. Google, Standard Oil, whatever you know, Carnegie or 
whatever railroads doesn't matter google google's not a sanctioned monopoly I, no, i'm just i know i'm not no everything yeah. i'm okay, saying I mean, they from, didn't create the monopoly. everything i'm saying from here forward is just horseshit conjecture okay well that's how you fill your hour then right yeah exactly that's how you gotta <laughs> fill it, man. It, can't, it can't be all serious it can't all be facts and figures and statistics we got to get into you know the aliens and but if i'm a government i'm sanctioning these letting them turn into monopolies and then i'm saying to them well you know what this is pretty bad. You're a monopoly. You do what I want or I'm going to break you up. And next thing you know, you have stuff like the Twitter files where it's like, how did that happen? How does Twitter have a, like a backdoor coding program like for the FBI and the DHS who can request certain accounts be taken down, especially during political races? Like, how does that happen? And you have to imagine it's some sort of it's some sort of blackmail. It's, you got a you got a pretty thing going on here. Tommy, your podcast biggest in the world. Why don't you just push this talking point? Why don't you just push, you know, pro, you know, don't question, if it's 20 years ago, be like, don't question the Iraq war. Let's, and, you, and we'll keep you up there. Otherwise, we're going to have to hit you with these antitrust lawsuits. That's how I would control the world if, I, if I'm if i an evil government. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've said that this, this weaponization of antitrust is the left's big gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, they're trying to they're trying to take over the economy, and the way to do it is to tell CEOs, corporations, that you know that that uh, we we can manage every aspect of your business using antitrust. We'll bring an antitrust suit against you if you don't do this. Yeah. Not just whether you're, uh, you know, against the consumer welfare, but if we don't like your your labor policies, your your racial racial equity policies, whatever those become under this new regime. Uh, you know the kinds of things that that can cause an antitrust case. Yeah, and you give an inch, and, they take a mile. How come your CEO is a man, but he's not wearing a dress? You know, that's very not progressive of you, sir. I'm, well, I'm aware. A- I'm aware of an oil company. Uh, I met the general counsel a little while ago, uh, a few weeks ago, who was told me, you know, they have all this. And this is the other thing I'm getting into these days, by the way, is antitrust and ESG. Ooh. Uh, uh, a lot of this ESG stuff, these uh, enforced codes of environment, social governance standards uh, that are put forward by these NGOs like Climate Action 100 Plus and others, and then enforced by the financial uh, asset managers like BlackRock and mm-hmm. Vanguard and State Street, and then managed, uh, you know, uh, the the proxies are managed by the two, the duopoly of uh, Rock Vanguard. No, there are these two companies that manage proxies. Uh, so you know, and so they can vote their proxies and push I push to get um, uh, shareholder initiatives onto corporate annual meeting ballots and stuff. So like this company, this guy was telling me. Um, that they had a that they were had a uh, they they had a uh, challenge to them for being racially insensitive or something I forget the exact term but it was ra- racial inequality at his company and he wrote back to them uh, excuse me we have a we have a diverse board of directors most of our employees more than half are Hispanic uh, you know are minorities Hispanic um, we have a racial a racial equity hiring standard which we wrote 10 years ago uh and you gave us a negative 13 score or whatever it was you know yeah. in your thing so 
it's all about pushing a left-wing uh woke social agenda now it has little to do with years ago just jumping no, back to this thought years ago milton friedman the economist um put forward this notion he, he wrote i think it was an article or a book he said um that the only responsibility of corporate managers is to make a profit for their shareholders yeah fiduciary responsibility right that is it that's it now he only gets quoted on that that part but the second half of his statement was and to do so ethically Ooh. okay yeah but they never write they never say that part that's like uh mark, yeah, but sorry hmm? i was gonna say that's like mark twain the difference between the right word and the wrong word is the difference between lightning and lightning bug <laughs> exactly ethically wait what was that part yeah no forget that part yeah right um so uh you know that has been attacked and essentially thrown overboard by the left uh that notion that no 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 you have there are all these other things you have to consider and as a result of that you're getting all of this stuff shoved down the throats of ceos boards are being attacked they're put they're forcing uh you know new directors onto boards and pushing out other ones um that they don't like uh with the idea that ultimately there is going to be this sort of woke groupthink across corporate america across the, the world yeah. you know and the, the people who are having uh champagne with their uh, dinner in uh, davos are going to be running everything now there's a there's a conspiracy theory i can get behind well, it's but not, it's uh, not it's not a theory no right um but uh it's not a theory and that's what's going on that's what's been going on for the last two years in this administration they've been playing their part in this and by allowing uh, and putting forward people like lena khan jonathan Cantor, tim Wu, and others uh to to uh and the president himself wrote uh seven wrote a, an executive order with 72 orders uh to make antitrust enforcement a whole of government competition enforcement a whole of government proposition hmm. and he wrote he said this in, in the speech he, he attacked my father so that pissed me off and um and i wrote an op-ed in the wall street journal um uh, saying that either he's misinformed or he's lying or both because all the claims he made about how antitrust uh this antitrust experiment called the consumer welfare standard had been a failure and i pointed out uh in my response uh no you know uh stock investment has grown by 10 percent a year for all these last 43 years uh, <clears throat> uh no there's been enormous job creation enormous small business growth uh wealth creation innovation is like off the charts and if you compare us to europe that doesn't have this uh sort of operating system of antitrust uh, they don't innovate everything anything there's no there's no palm company p-o-m-m-e you know app there's no apple in french over there they don't it's all to them it's all about scraping profits off of american companies yeah europe sucks uh, hmm? i said yeah this suck yeah okay well, I, 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 i'm, I, I'm, saying, I'm saying it is a joke with the big it's flag. an economic concept you lure idiots no i'm sure they're they're yeah. they just have a different lifestyle no it's i mean it's you know apples and oranges sorry keep going 
No, that so that I I guess I I'm not sure where I was going exactly. I've just no, who cares? That's the no. That's the, if if we if we stick to talking points, the podcast sucks. I've I've have I have some. This is episode one thousand one hundred and forty eight. I have some. Really? Yeah, I have some. Oh. I have very little wisdom in this life, but if I have any, it's it's with this podcast. And I found the more you try to stay on, the more you try to stay on like track. The worse the podcast is, you gotta. Well, I'm it, I'm enjoying myself, so there yeah, you go. You, you gotta just let it. You gotta just let it ride. You gotta, you know, fireworks show is great, but if you want to, you know, what fireworks videos have the most views of all time? It's when a fireworks factory lights on fire and blows up. You know? <laughs> That's what people want. People want chaos. We're we're animals. That's what we really want deep down inside. So like, yeah, I don't know impose those any trust and then you have stuff like exxon mobile that I'm, I'm rereading for a second time and i can't get the author on steve call c-o-l-l he wrote a private empire about exxon mobile and i'm reading again for the second time it's a great book i mean it's it's, it's what's just, he say it's, in, in, in short in sh- i'm going through it a second time the first time was in 2020 i still can't tell if he likes or doesn't like exxon mobile it seems to be a pretty fair take on like what is bad about it and what is good about it but like exxon mobile just like the wealth they have and like the like they can just hire just a thousand people to do a focus group on like one senator who might run up for election because that guy might be something for shale oil whatever and they can just put so much work into every little thing and they were actually looking at like um ethanol subsidies like corn subsidies and they decided to, at the time, I mean, I don't know when this book was written. I think it was like 20 years ago. But at the time, they decided not to do it because they didn't want to hand out from the government on the off chance that decades down the road, the government could turn around and say, you're dominating this system. And it's just, you look at that and look at the foresight of that and how they didn't want to do any of that and how Putin was meeting with Bush in, I think, 2002, came out to Texas and he came to them and he was talking to the head Bush people about a about a deal to drill oil for Exxon to drill oil in Russia and uh, basically went into it and he was like, you know, you tell your people to do this. And I think Bush looked at him and he was like, nobody tells Exxon what to do. And Putin, mm-hmm. Putin was just uh, was like, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he was like, our oligarchs like don't bend the knee like that. Like no one tells Exxon what to do. And yeah, I don't know. Like that's kind of hardcore, and it's kind of cool that they just tell the government to screw off because you're gonna have you're gonna have like a concentration of power regardless. I think it's probably better to have multiple nodes of power competing against one another as opposed to kind of a corporate government hybrid state that just controls everything. I don't really know where I'm going with that, but it just popped in my head. Exxon Mobil. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not sure quite what to say about it, except that uh, I think people, you know, Hollywood loves to show, make uh, movies showing that some corporation or corporate executive runs everything and, uh, you know, is responsible for, uh, well, I was <laughs> I was watching uh, the other day, was it The Shooter or something like that with uh, Mark Wahlberg and he plays oh, a yeah. Mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. 
turns out like some senator runs yeah. everything, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. They like uh, us down there, boy. Somebody doesn't get their arm chopped off because their great-great-grandmother was somebody's great-great-grandfather. They like us down there, boy. Sorry, I just, watched, I just I watched it like a month ago. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank that you. was well done. Thank you. They uh, like us down there, boy. Yeah, that's the great Ned Beatty. Um, yeah. who, and if you haven't seen... Uh, if you haven't seen Network, you should watch him in Network. Anyway, I need to um, that. write that down. Okay. I keep telling younger people what movies to watch because they've never heard of them before. I do need to. I've heard of Network a million times. I think I've watched clips from it. I, I think you would actually, I've given the business you're in and even today, watching Network would be worth your while. Right. But it's, how it's did we get from this to movie reviews? But serious Mercenaries, corporations, senators, big bad guy. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's less one guy less one company less you know the collusion of alleged 10 companies i think you know most of these companies are trying to do their thing they're trying to dance you know around uh, restrictions put on them by government but i'll tell you the other thing it's funny have you ever heard of the the term um the term uh uh rent seeking you know what rent seeking is? No, I don't know either. But uh, no, <laughs> me neither. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what's called rent seeking. But rent seeking means that you try to use the government. One one definition of it: you try to use the government to punish your competitors, to beat your as a competitive tool, uh-huh. competitive edge. And so, for example, um. All these companies, all all, you know, all this, these assaults on Google are being pushed by Yelp and others like them. You know, they, they go visit the government and tell the government what to do or try to get the government to bring cases against Google or, you know, um, you know, Walmart hates Amazon. So Walmart goes to the government and says, you know, Amazon, pretty bad thing and or uh, whatever. So that's called rent seeking. And I had a personal experience with it a few years ago. I was at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., where I used to live and um, having lunch with a lawyer. And um, and the uh, head of the antitrust division came in, different guy, not the one who's there now, and uh, sat down at a lawyer a table with some couple other lawyers who I happened to know. They represented a big television network. And I said, you know what this is about? This is rent seeking right here. I'm looking at rent seeking right here. They're telling him that he really needs to bring this case against AT&T and keep them from buying Time Warner. Mm. And, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, uh, not that they caused it, but shortly thereafter, the the, the antitrust division sued AT&T to keep it from buying Time Warner. Um, They lost. And ultimately, of course, you may recall, uh, AT&T sold Time Warner to Discovery, Discovery Networks or whatever it's called, uh, you know, uh, Discovery, um, I think, uh, because they they had no idea how to operate a content company. You know, the market worked. They were able, they were allowed to buy it. Judge ruled in their favor. They were allowed to buy it. They did buy it. And then they realized we don't know what we're doing. And we, they sold it. So, um I think the point of all that is that companies try to use the leverage of government against their competitors uh, all the time. So it, in some ways, it's a very, very 
competitive, uh, you know, rough and tumble kind of world in business, that it's not just businesses trying to attack, or, you know, the, the images that businesses are trying to attack people, real little people. No, they're, they're trying to muscle their way around the government, use the government. The government's trying to get them to do things. It's a, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, back and forth and and uh, sort of muscular behavior all the way around. And the only thing that I think protects all of us, at least in terms of competitive activity, is this is this antitrust consumer welfare standard. Notice how I got back to that. Um, Touche. Uh, because it is a small d democratic uh, philosophy or theory. It puts the consumer first. And if the consumer is negatively affected, you know, uh, it's a neutral principle. It doesn't favor Democrats or Republicans with big D's and R's. It doesn't favor uh, AT&T over uh, a smaller company. It doesn't favor uh, a particular economic system. It just says the consumer is at the center of everything in our economic life. And if a company wants to acquire or merge or do something, as long as it doesn't harm the consumer in terms of higher prices, innovation, that, you know, that kind of thing, then uh, it should be allowed. And, and if it goes off the tracks or if they do abuse that power, then you, then you bring your case. But, uh, you know, the system is being challenged right now, and I think in a very, very bad way. It would have huge, very negative consequences for us, particularly at this time of high inflation, the economy is struggling. I think the thing you really want to do is to kneecap uh, corporations, you know, yeah. you know uh, at a time when we need more jobs uh, and we need more wealth and we need uh, more innovation and to be able, you know, Elon Musk. Elon Musk is is a is a direct result of the that kind of economy. You know, he he made his money with PayPal, I think it was, or something like that. Zip two and then PayPal. Right, and then he took that money and he created more jobs, more innovation, more growth. Um, not that I think Tesla is the greatest thing in the world, but it's hey, he got an electric car to work. Yeah. Um, oh, they're fun. I I've ridden in them. I've never driven one. I've never but, I've never driven. I've ridden in them too. They actually make me feel nauseous. They accelerate so fast. Like really? No, you should uncomfortable. My brother would always do it. He'd like show it off and I'd be like, "Stop! Please stop doing this." Puke <laughs> all over your car. Well, I would have fixed them, but um, anyway. So that's that's my view of yeah. I don't the world order. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's if it's a group of people in a room. I think it's what Terrence McKenna said. He was like, the real scary thing is that you know it's not the CIA or the Vatican or the aliens. He goes, the real scary thing is no one's in charge, no one's at the wheel. You get up to the cockpit in the plane and there's no one there. That's the real scary. That's the I thought you liked that idea. No, I no, thought... this is Terrence, Terrence. I'm quoting Terrence McKenna. Oh, yeah. He said he goes, that's the scary. No one's driving the ship. This thing's just hurling. But then... That's what we call laissez-faire economics, right? Yeah. Well, and then if you... I mean, but if you examine that that idea long enough, it stopped, it's not scary at all. It's peaceful. 
because you then realize it's always been that way. You've lived your whole life this way. It can't be that bad. Well, it hasn't always been that way, and it's not always that way now. Russia, China, Brazil, you know. Oh, yeah, they are getting together. Well, not that they're getting together, but in, even in their own countries, you know, they're, there's definitely a heavy hand. It's not, you know, it's not the... Uh, it's not the uh, uh, free market there. Do you think we're Do you think we're we're pushing for for war with China? Do you think that's coming? Well, you know, I am a military expert, so uh, no, I'm not. But uh, well, I'm a force. I'm not very. I'm not. I'm not very happy about where things are going. It doesn't. Yeah, you know, doesn't I, I don't feel. <laughs> uh, I I'll, I don't think this current regime uh, in Washington is. Uh, up to the challenge of defending this country. Um, I'm not sure Donald Trump would be much, you know, differently, better to, but, um, and I'm not a, <clears throat> I'm not here to say I'm a Ron DeSantis guy, but I, at least he has some serious military experience. He's a, he's a little more polished than Trump or a little more uh, restrained, I think. Yeah. But I do think that the, 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 the handful of things the government really has a responsibility for, and I'm talking about the federal government, is, you know, is for our defense and our safety. And uh, otherwise, they should you know, keep the hands the hell off things because, uh, because they, generally speaking, bet wrong. Yeah. You know, and when they try to understand a technology, by the time they pass some law about the technology, that one's out to date and on to the next one. Yeah. So, you know, they have done something that is intelligent and in that they have just built I'm up. I'm sitting down. Tell me what it is. Okay. <laughs> they have just <laughs> built up the biggest, and I don't mean like intelligent that I'm for or against it, just observing. They've just built up the biggest military in the history of the planet. And it doesn't matter if your ideas work or it doesn't matter if people don't like your dollar. It's just, what are you going to do? We'll just Are you talking about who, who's built up the biggest military on the planet? Traditionally, the U.S. Yes, and and now what are we doing with that military? Oh, we're it's, doing horrible shit. But I'm just saying, hollow, it's being hollowed out. Yeah, and it's being made woke. Yeah, by design. I think it's a controlled collapse of the West so that China can rise, and they would much prefer China's system of complete lockdown on the world at all times. Um, but traditionally, that has been the best bet is just to. Uh, like I, you know, like I love playing video games, and I love not not doing the tutorials, not listening to any of the cutscenes. I don't want to know what the plot is. I love open world video games because the first thing I will do is I'll find out how to how to get weapons, how to buy them, how to upgrade them, and then I'll just do that. I'll never even I don't even know what the plot is. I'll just upgrade every weapon so everything's armor piercing or incendiary or whatever. And then I'll just go bulldoze through the campaign. This mission requires stealth. No, it doesn't. I have a, I have a minigun. <laughs> like, whatever. I'll do whatever I want. And I think that's kind of the tactic for the world, is just forget every ide ide ideology or economic theory. I think you just build the most weapons, and then you can kind of just do it every... And it's not good. It's clearly a... It's clear. It's clearly like a like a glass ceiling of uh, Homo sapiens that, you know, that's how we think. Resource scarcity, but... That's kind of the way to go, I think. And I, I'm not for it. It's bad. It results in just millions of, you know, needless deaths. But 
that seems to be the way to go is just build up a military bigger than anything and bulldoze the world. It's it's shitty, but I mean, well, you're talking about video game. Or are you talking about in real life? That well, should be what I do in video games. It seems like that's just kind of the way to go in the world. Is that you just build up the biggest military? It's kind of sad, but yeah. well, talk softly, carry a big stick. Somebody said, yeah, yeah. It's also like you don't need to back the dollar by gold. Just back it with an Abrams tank. Which one's more compelling? I kind of like gold, but yeah. I I'll like gold the... too. Gold's shiny. It's sexy. But I mean, which one's going to fire a, a uranium-tipped round through my apartment? The tank. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, ta- I'm just thinking aloud. Um, yeah, I don't know. It might be that we are just, it's not that it's the collapse of America. Because traditionally it just goes from, you know, power moves from country to country over centuries and millennia. We might be entering a new era where it's like the collapse of the nation state. It might really just be like corporate factions. Like we might be entering a new phase of human history. Well, I'll let you deal with that. I, I'm not sure. I'll, <clears throat> I think I'll probably be able to finish my life uh, with the sort of current organization of things. But uh yeah, it's not, uh, not but you, you you get you get on that because no, I'm not doing anything about it. They're not gonna. If they cancel me from YouTube, there I, I can't do it. I can't fight it. They'll vapor. Want to get me. back on YouTube? Absolutely not. Oh, I mean, well, I've I... tried. I've tried. They they banned me, and then I appealed, and I said that I thought it was very uh, bigoted of them because I, I am uh, I identify as a what did I say a wheelchair bound black woman, and they said that wasn't funny. So. You said that to them. Yeah. Well, I appealed it. And I said, "This is oh. what I identify as," and I think you guys are bigoted and racist. They said it was. So they don't funny. have a good. They don't have a sense of humor. They do not. But you know, whatever. I don't know. And you know, it might. This might all just be nullified by the rise of strong AI. Like we might yearn for the days of evil corporations. It might. Something might just take over and just. Uh, you know, I've been way. I've been trying to learn about AI, and 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 uh, for some reason. Uh, my uh, Google uh, feed seems to be feeding me all of these. I, I never realized how many AI programs were out there for, for various things, everything from writing your term paper yeah. to, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing your resume, to, I mean, to, to running your the stuff in your house. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, and I, I played with chat G, GPT the other yeah. day. Of course, I was a little upset because it, it's like two years behind on its database. So, yeah. so it didn't have all the good stuff about Lena Khan that I've been putting out there, but um, yeah, no, I, I think, it, I think uh, Skynet is uh, not as far away as you might think. It so, might already be here, man. Yeah. It might already, be, we have this idea that we're going to, we are going to outsmart AI, but by, I mean, if the AI is smarter than us, then it can, it can predict everything that we're going to do and it's going to outsmart us. And then just, if it was truly intelligent, it wouldn't show itself. It would well, just that would be frightening. If Lena Khan at the FTC started using AI to decide which cases to bring, cause then she could, she Probably. could point to the AI saying that meta should, should not be allowed to buy something. You know, I'm sure that there are already AI wars going on right now, but we won't know about it for like 20 years. I'm sure we're uh, already. I mean, maybe for this podcast, I've done 1,150 episodes, right? Maybe 
if I just fed all of that into an AI, and then it has, you know, thousands of hours of, you know, my face. You might not have to do another show. Just do your show for you. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it has. (laughs) Go to the golf, go to play golf or something. It has every possible angle of my face and every possible lighting, you know, from energetic to hungover to tired to whatever. (laughs) It has every possible thing. I've talked to guests from every facet of life it might be able to just start synthesizing episodes for me. Like, and then I just don't have to do anything. How would anyone know? Like, how would you actually know? I guess it'd be, yeah, something, something would, it'd probably glitch up. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you hungover now? What? Yeah. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I, no, actually, why don't, why would I wish to be hungover? That would be terrible. Doing podcasts hungover is the worst. It is, I, I'm, I can't imagine. I think yeah. I've done it twice, and it is awful. Well, if they're in the afternoon, it'd be really hard to do. But... It, they are awful to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be AI is going to take over. It's going to come on on some form that we never predicted, and it might already be running. I mean, how would you know if if military tech is 20, 30 years maybe, ahead. Maybe this, maybe our, this whole show is... Maybe you're not real. I, there's, I've thought about that. Maybe I'm not real. Maybe solipsism. Maybe you're the only conscious entity in all of existence. Sounds like an old Twilight Zone episode. The, yeah, the idea of solipsism is that you are the only awareness in all of everything. It's just you, which is also kind of Buddhist, but I don't know. It's also kind of narcissistic. But. It is, yeah. It's just me, baby. It's just me. I have the flaw in that idea is if one consciousness can arise from seemingly nothing, then why can't it happen again? So I don't really buy into that idea. I think there has to be more than one. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've kind of uh, completely deviated from, I don't know what the hell we were talking about, but hey, man, we've run for about an hour, so... Yeah. I say we I say we wrap this one up as I drift further out into the ether of just making shit up. Um Where do you think that two point three trillion dollars that Rumsfeld announced went missing on September tenth, two thousand one? Where do you think that went? Uh oh, I mean the stuff that the money that was sent to uh Iraq or something like that? What are you talking about? On September tenth, two thousand one. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld came out and said that we can't account for $2.3 trillion from the Pentagon. And then the next day was 9-11. Where do you think that money went? Well, if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. No, if I knew, I would tell you. I have no idea. I actually had forgotten all about that. Yeah. Well, no, very convenient. Something big happened the next day. You know, one of the planes that, you know, the part of the Pentagon that was hit was also the part of the Pentagon doing the accounting on that very issue whatever probably a coincidence but okay yeah <laughs> but i always think where'd that money go is it just is, is the tinfoil right off camera there you have a the tinfoil surrounding right. me at all times i mean that this this is this is all facts are you gonna are you in a faraday cage there no i wouldn't be able to get the signal out otherwise uh, if you use the cable. <laughs> i always think where that goes does that go to black budgets or does that just go to like slush funds to bribe leaders i don't know That'll probably get me killed if I keep looking into that, so I won't. Um, <laughs> it might, might get you back on YouTube, though. It might get me back on YouTube. Maybe I should just start doing that. Maybe I should just take the black bill and just start. I, I, I spent do a couple of weeks of left-wing conspiracy theories and then get back on and then go back to your old shtick. So. I think if I just started doing 
Trump's going to jail material every day, I'd be right back on there. They would they would welcome me back with open arms. Maybe I should just start touting state propaganda. Just completely sell my soul. Get the show going more. There you go. No. Um but yeah, man. This is fun. I appreciate uh I appreciate your patience with uh with my interview style. It goes all over the place. It's not for everybody, but that's why I think it's fun. I was watching you slide down your chair. I figured I had to say something interesting. No, 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 no. I no, no. That's that's actually <laughs> a compliment for if to give to a guest. That's a compliment because that just means I'm listening more and more and more. If I'm, oh. yeah, it's probably not great if I'm up and in your face. It means that I'm running the conversation. It's it's the best compliment I can give is if I'm slouching down and listening. That's very uh, good. Yeah, um, but in the description is uh is uh your Twitter. Guys, go follow Mr. Bork. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Did I put all the correct plugs in the in the notes? Um, let me check this. The Antitrust Education Project dot org, and uh, that's in there. Your Facebook's on there. Yeah, your book's on there. Um, okay. Yeah, f- Facebook, Twitter, website, book. Yeah, it's all on there. I did my job. I did. I did my chores. Um, Thank you. But yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for shooting the shit with me. I mean, ultimately. Yeah, I don't really think anyone's in charge. And I think that probably is, I don't know, it probably is good. I don't know. For another time. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, guys, go follow him. Go check out his book. Uh, go visit his website. And, um, yeah, I'd love to do it again sometime. All right. All right, brother. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for watching. Stay safe Recording out there. Recording stopped. Peace.